Welcome to Thousand Hills Ranch Church. We hope this message opens your heart and changes your life. Today we're in, we're in part three of a series that I'm calling Chasing Buffalo. Chasing Buffalo, chasing after what really matters. Now, here's what we found out already in this series. Um, oftentimes, I believe that we chase dreams. Like um, Dennis here is chasing a dream. He's actually going to be a professional after uh, this fight. He was his last amateur fight. He's going to be a professional uh, fighter. Chasing a dream of a title belt. Or, you know, maybe in your life, you chase the dream, maybe in high school, of being a state champion, you know, in something, in a sport, or, you know, something like that. Maybe you're chasing the dream of having you know, so many head of cattle before you turn the age of 30, right? Um, Maybe you're chasing an accomplishment of um, maybe getting a scholarship to go to your favorite college. Um, I don't know what your dream is, and I don't know what you're trying to accomplish. I don't know what your goals are. And all of those things that I just mentioned, even more, whatever your goals are, they're all well and good. Amen? We should have dreams. We should have goals. We should have accomplishments that we want to to accomplish before we die. But here's what I've learned in my own life, and I I think you're going to be able to relate as well. Sometimes, not every time, but sometimes our chase for the things of the world comes at the expense of chasing after God. Let me say it again. Sometimes in our lives, we get so enthralled with the world, doing what the world you know, says is going to satisfy us or you know, trying to reach that certain dream or goal or whatever, that a lot of times it comes at the expense of chasing after God. And for me, I know that it's been true in, in my life, in certain uh, seasons of my life. I mean, for you, it may be, I'm going to chase the financial dream. We're going to have, you know, 300 grand in the bank before 30 years old. I don't, I don't, I mean, maybe a financial dream. Maybe it's a a relationship dream. Maybe you're like, man, I'm going to be married by, you know, you know, spring, you know, (laughs) we used to say in college ring by spring or your money back. Anyways. That was maybe, maybe you never heard that, but, um, you know, maybe it's a relationship dream. I don't know. Maybe it's a, you know, a ranching dream. Like I just said, maybe it's a corporate dream. You want to, you know, be the boss someday. Again, all those things are awesome. But, but what happens a lot of times is we begin to chase all these dreams of the world that we neglect what's really important, which is pursuing and chasing after God. And uh, I know I've found myself in those situations as well, or those seasons of my life. And you say, what does it mean to neglect God and and not chase after him? Well, a lot of times we're so tired and so exhausted that we don't have time to read our Bible. We don't pray with our wife. We don't pray with our kids. We don't come to church. We don't do the things that are going to keep us in tune with God, growing toward God, centered around God. And we don't do those things because we don't have the energy to do them because we're chasing God after the things of the world. Well, here's what I've learned in my life. You ready? I have learned, after chasing some of those dreams in my own life, that there is nothing that can satisfy me like chasing after Jesus. There's nothing. I mean, I've made money. I've got a new pickup. I've got a beautiful wife. I've got three kids. I own cattle. I own some great horses. I get to pastor an amazing church, but there is nothing that has satisfied me in life, like knowing and loving Jesus. Nothing. And some of you guys may learn that today for the very first time. Maybe you're here today and you're chasing after the things of the world, chasing after that relationship, chasing after this, chasing after that. And again, in and of themselves, that's not wrong. 
But when we neglect our relationship with God, that's where it becomes wrong. And so you say, well, how do I chase after him? How do I chase after God? Well, here's what we've learned. We learned that we, to chase after God, we make living for Jesus number one on our bucket list. Remember this? I mean, we got a bucket list. What do I want to do before I kick the bucket? Well, Jesus loving him, living for him should be number one. Amen? I want some response too. I want some response from the north side and the south side, right? You're both on my team. And so we have to make Jesus number one on our bucket list, right? He should be the, the, the person that we chase after no matter, you know, what else comes in life, right? And when he does that, here's what else we've learned. Sometimes he changes what else is on the list, right? We've got this bucket list. When he becomes number one, sometimes he goes, hey, I want you to take that one off. Hey, I want you to add that one. Hey, I want you to change this. Hey, I want you to do that. And, and, and a lot of times we're like, heck no, God, right? I mean, you want me to take that off? That's really what I want. But here's what I've learned about God. When he takes something off the list, he takes it off because he loves us. Because he loves us. And so we should thank him and say, God, thank you that I didn't chase after that. Thank you that you took that off the list and you've actually replaced it with something better. That's what he does a lot of times, right? And so we make him number one in our lives and on our bucket list. And then he changes some things on the list. And you say, well, you know, why? Why does he do that? Why should we make him number one? Well, here's why. Because life's so short. (laughs) I mean, I... I don't know if you notice it, but I get older every day. You get older every day. Our kids are growing every day. Life is too short not to do God's will while we're here. And so that's what we've learned in part one. Part two is this. We learned that when we chase after things that are out of sight of God's will, guess what? They can lead to our destruction, and most of the time, it leads to our distraction. Remember this? I mean, I can chase things that are not in God's will, and guess where they're going to lead me? Straight down the wrong path and it'll lead to my destruction most of the time it leads to my distraction and again i get focused on things that don't really matter and the other part that we've learned is this to find out what god's will is for your life you say i don't know what to even put on my bucket list well to find out what god's will is you the 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 will of god is found in the chase it's when you begin to chase after god that god says okay now let me show you my will not, hey, I'm going to sit here, God. When you, show, when you want to show me my will, I'll be sitting right here. Nope. God says, hey, I want you to take a step. I want you to step out on faith. I want you to walk on a little water like Peter did in the Bible. I want you to get out of your comfort zone. Then I'll show you what the next step is. And so that's what we've learned about what it means to chase after God. And you say, Bo, what else? What else do we need to know about chasing after God? Well, today... You're going to get one of the most un, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's not a feel-good message. Anybody looking forward to it? Can I get an amen? amen. It's not like, hey, you're going to walk out here and go, woo-woo, warm fuzzies. You know, I'm excited about this. This is something I have to look forward to. Ready? Here it is. Number one is this. When you begin to chase after God, the haters are going to hate God chasers. Yep, that sobered you up, didn't it? When you, here's the thing, when you begin to really chase after God, when you begin to really live for Him, life sometimes doesn't get easier, it actually gets harder. Right? Anybody ever experienced this? Would you just raise your hand when you begin to live for Jesus? For some reason, the haters come out of the woodwork. 
Amen? They do. They do. Um, I, want you to, I want you to watch this clip one more time that we've been basing this whole series on. And you tell me who the hater is in the video Pretty, ain't they? All right. Let's chase them. You want to? Shoot us one for our supper? No, I mean chase them just for the sport. What, to, to run them off? No, you don't get the point, do you, P? I mean chase them because before long, there won't be any buffalo left to chase. Well, them bulls will hook you. Yeah. Do you remember old man Barlow? That buffalo hooked him bad. Old man Barlow was a slow thinker. Kind of like uh, somebody else I could name. Well, he was a slow walker, too, when that buffalo got through with him. I wonder what ever happened to him. He married a fat widow over on the Blanco River and had a passel of kids. Now, you might as well have done the same thing yourself since you don't want to chase buffalo. Well, I don't believe I'd want to chase buffalo even if I was married. Forget I even mentioned. <laughs> well, I like being a bachelor, Gus. Well, that's good, P. I'm sure it's all part of God's plan that you are one. <laughs> Wow, what a what a what a movie! I don't know if you've seen the movie Lonesome Dove. That's a clip from it. We've been watching the last few weeks, based the whole series on it. But here in this clip, you have Gus, right? He's got a dream. He wants to chase some buffalo, right? But then you have P.I.D. Parker. That's the guy's name that was kind of the, the the skinny dude right next to Gus. And here you have this conversation, right? I mean, Gus looks at him and says, "Hey, they're pretty, aren't they?" And he's like, "I reckon." Right? He says, well, why don't, why don't we chase them? Let's chase them. You want to? What does P say? You know those bulls? They'll hook you. Right? And then P goes on to say, you know, old man Barlow, that buffalo hooked him bad. Did you hear it? He, he, was, he was a slow walker after that buffalo got a hold of him. I, you know, and then he, he says, you know, I, I don't even think I would enjoy chasing buffalo even if I was married. Right? And so you say, well, what's the point? Well, Gus had a dream that he wanted to fulfill, and P wanted to pee on his dream. You like that? He wanted to pee on his dream, and so you say, well, what's the point? Well, you, here's what you have to understand. You ready? When you start chasing after God, some people won't get it. And guess what? They're going to try to pee on your chase. They're going to do it. When you begin to chase after God's will, you chase after his dream, you chase after his call, it will bring haters to the game. It will. Uh, Listen to the words of Jesus himself in John chapter 15. Listen to what he says. He says, if the world hates you, remember that it, what? Hated me first. The world will love you as, as one of its own if you belong to it. But you are no longer a part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. It hates you. 
Um, Again, Jesus is the greatest example of this. Um, You know, Jesus was hated first. And you say, why the heck would they hate Jesus? I mean, here he was. He was perfect, right? He, he, he was kind to everybody. He never punched his brother, right? He never did anything wrong. Why the heck would they hate Jesus? Well, I'll give you a few examples. You ready? First of all, a lot of the people that hated Jesus, they were religious people. I don't know if you've been around a, a hateful religious person. Anybody ever been around one? Yeah, everybody raised their hand on that one. <laughs> no takers. But if you, again, if you've ever been around a religious person, a lot of times religious people and in the Bible, they have different agendas, right? They want to, they want to make up some rules. Back in the day when Jesus was there, they wanted to make up some rules that, and some, you know, hoops that you had to jump through before you could come to know Jesus, right? That's what the religious people did. If you wanted to know Jesus, you had to be circumcised. If you want to know Jesus, you got to pray 10 times a day. If you want to know Jesus, you got to do this. You got to do that. Here's Jesus coming in and saying, nope, all you got to do is give up your life and follow me. Guess what? Religious people hated him for it. Why? Because why? Because they were corrupt. They were teaching falsehood. They were teaching all kinds of crap. And he came in and he upset the, 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 the order, the rules that they had placed that weren't of God. His, his integrity exposed their falsehood and their corruption, right? And so the religious people hated him. Here's the other reason why they hated him. They hated him because he actually had supernatural power. I mean, the, the religious people claimed to have power. They said, man, we're the people in charge. You got to listen to us. But Jesus was actually supernatural. And here's what I learned. Jesus, um, he wasn't uh, killed because, he wasn't killed because he was kind. He was killed because he proclaimed to be God, right? I mean, he actually proclaimed to be God. Um, I, I don't know if you've been around people and, you know, if you're a good person, they're going to like you, right? If you're kind, they're going to like you. If you do nice things, they're going to like you. But as soon as you bring up the name of Jesus, as soon as you bring up doing what's right and not doing what's wrong, that's when they tend to go, well, I'm not going to do that. And they begin to maybe not like you. Um, it was the same way with Jesus. Um, you know, he had something that they didn't have. Uh, he had peace in the midst of the persecution. Even when they persecuted him, he had peace. They, you know, he had joy in spite of the jeering. He had love in spite and in, in the face of the hate. And here's the other reason why the religious people hated him. You ready for this? Because Jesus was a friend of sinners. Um, I don't know uh, if you thought this, but when you heard me say I went to an MMA fight, uh, some of you guys might have judged me. But here's what I want you to realize. Our church is, we, we desire to reach unchurched people. And so if you're going to reach unchurched people, then you got to go places where the unchurched people are. Are you with me? And uh, so, again, and you say, well, why do you do that? Here's why I do it. Because Jesus did it. Jesus did it. And so, uh, you know, Jesus was a friend of sinners, and so a lot of religious people hated him for it. And, and so the religious people hated him. Guess who else hated him? The world hated him. Not just the religious people, but the world hate him. You say, why would the world hate him? Well, because a lot of times, here's what I've learned. When you begin to live a righteous life and you start doing what God wants you to do, it kind of exposes those that are doing it the wrong way. Are you with me? When you begin to work like you're supposed to at your job, it exposes the slackers. Anybody ever experienced that? 
when you begin to not gossip at the, you know, at the water jug or whatever it is, the, and, and everybody else is gossiping and you're not gossiping, it begins to maybe expose a lot of the, the sin that's in someone else's life. And guess what? They begin not to like you. And so you say, well, why, why, you know, why do they hate us? Why do they hate Jesus? Well, because he loved, you know, them and, and they loved sin. Uh, they wanted to, you know, to please themselves and, and not obey what God had called them to do. And so here's what I want you to realize. When you chase after Jesus, guess what? You can expect to be hated too. You're welcome. <laughs> right? Um, the Bible <clears throat> I mean, he said it, you know, in, in, you know, John chapter 15, it says, the world would love you as one of its own if you what? If you belong to it, but you are no longer of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. So it hates you. Yeah, the Bible promises this truth in 1 Peter chapter 4. Look at it with me again. It says, So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be what? Ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives, what? Chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the the will of God. You have had enough in the past of the evil things of, that godless people enjoy, their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties, and their terrible worship of idols. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. So they what? So they slander you, but remember, this is the best part right here, but remember they are that they will have to face God who will judge everyone, both the living and the dead. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the what? The wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. So be happy when you are insulted for being a Christian for then the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. Wow. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you uh, sense the, the, the weight of those verses, but when you give up chasing after the world, guess what? When, when you begin to chase the will of God, guess what? People are not going to like it. People are not going to like it. I mean, I could give you firsthand experience, uh, you know, when, when you begin to chase after God's will. I mean, even this morning, I mean, if you were to talk to our, 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 our leaders and our staff this morning, um, God, God, I believe, has a message to speak to a lot of people and wants to change people's lives. And when, when we have a message to get to the world about how your life can be saved through Jesus, guess what the devil does? He tries to stop it. And so we can, you know, we can, uh, we can contest to that even this morning of how, you know, the devil loves to, to try to get us down and loves to, to bring haters or whatever it is to us when we begin to chase after his will. And so here's the thing, and, and, and all that's well and good. And, and so you know now that life is not going to always be peachy if you chase after Jesus. But here's the, the, the important part. You ready? You say, well, how do we prepare and how do we deal with the haters? 
This is what I want you to get before we're done. You ready? And, and you say, well, what's the answer? Well, how do we prepare for and deal with the haters? Here's the answer. We have to have the same attitude that Christ had. Did you catch that? Look at 1 Peter chapter 4 again. So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must what? You must arm yourselves with what? The same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. Did you, did you hear the verse there? It says we've got to arm ourselves. What does that imply? That implies that this is going to be a battle, right? I mean, if I'm armed, then I have to, I'm going to be ready to fight a battle, right? It's the same way when haters start coming. It's going to be a battle, right? You have to, and the Bible says you have to prepare yourself by being armed with the same attitude that Christ had. And, and here's what I've learned in life. A lot, a lot of times when the crap hits the fan, it's my attitude that makes the, the, the life that I live either right or wrong. Anybody, anybody ever experienced that? Yeah. When life goes wrong and the haters start hating and, you know, things start not going our way, it's my attitude that I can either, either find victory or defeat in those moments. Amen? It, and, and so that's why he says you got to have the same attitude that Christ had. And you say, well, what attitude did he have? Well, I'm going to give you three things when I'm done. You ready? The first is this. Just like Jesus, we have to chase after the hearts of our haters. I don't know if you just got that, but that, that's probably not what you thought you were going to hear. I mean, you're saying, Bo, these haters are coming after me. They're going to chase after me. They're going to hate on me. And you want me to chase after their heart? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. That, you, you say, well, I, what do you mean? Well, look at uh, Romans 12. Look at what else the Bible says. What's the first word in, in verse 14? <laughs> Can we say that again? Bless those who persecute you. Come on, God. Really? I want to punch him in the face. Did I say that out loud? Did that just come out of my mouth? Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. What? Come on, God. I mean, really? I mean, look at what else it says. Be happy for those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil for more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are what? What's the word? Honorable, right? Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Does anybody else need to hear that? Never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, what do you do? You feed them. (laughs) I know this is getting on some of you guys. Feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. That's the part we love, right? We all, we all like that. Burn some coals, Lord. <laughs> Burn some coals on their head. What else does it say? It says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing what? Doing good. Conquer evil by doing good. Listen to this. Look at me right quick. Ready? Do you know who the writer of the book of Romans was? 
His name was Paul. Do you know what Paul's occupation was before he became the writer of the book of Romans? You know what he did? He hated Christians. You know what else he did? He actually murdered them. You know what else he did? He actually threw them in jail. Why? Because they loved God. And so you think, well, you know, who is, who's this guy telling me to bless my, you know, my, my persecutors? Who's this guy telling me to, to not hate those who hate me? It's the very guy that hated all the Christians, but God chased after his heart and won him over by his love and changed his life forever. Changed his life forever. And so here's Paul saying, man, bless those who persecute you. Laugh with those who laugh and weep with those who weep. And you say, what does that have to do with the scripture? Well, here's what I get out of that. Even your enemies like to laugh every now and then. And when they laugh, it's okay to laugh with them. If they're being blessed, it's okay to say, man, I rejoice with you. I, I mean, that is amazing. I'm glad you got that promotion. I'm glad you, you know, got that money in the mail. I'm glad you got that new house. I'm glad, you know, you, you sold those cattle and you made a lot of money on those cattle. And you laugh with them. What else does it say? Weep with them. You know, one of the greatest ways that you can reach your enemies is when all hell's breaking loose in their life, you show up and you bless them. You don't only bless them, but you maybe cry with them a little bit. I don't know if you've ever been in that instance, but here's what I've, here's what I've learned in my life. When people offend me, when they hate on me, here's what, I, here's what I've learned. A lot of times, one, at one point or another down the road, they're going to need my help. And that's where I get an opportunity to really show them God's love. Because they don't understand. I mean, sometimes I've had people look at me in the face and go, why are you here? And I, I go, God loves you, and I want you to really know that. And guess what? A lot of times their heart turns toward Jesus. Why? I didn't hate them back. I didn't repay evil for evil. Actually, I showed up when they needed me the most. And so that's what he's saying. He's saying, here's what else he says. I don't know if you caught this in the verse. Um, it says, um, you know, let, never pay back evil for evil. Do uh, things in such a way that everyone knows that you're honorable. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Again, you got to hang around with people that maybe aren't just like you. To hang around with them. What else does it say? It says, and don't think that you know it all. Right? Here's what that verse is saying. When you're around your enemies or people that don't love Jesus, don't be a stuck-up religious person. Relate to them. Here's what I've learned about the world. The world cannot relate to perfection. And when they look at me and they go, Bo never gets mad. Bo never does any sin. Bo ne- you know, he's just a preacher. He's a perfect, holy person. Bullcrap. <laughs> I am a sinner saved by grace. And I am a fool sometimes. And I do things that are wrong sometimes. And when people realize that, guess what? They're even more attracted to the, to the Lord. They're even more attracted to the church. They're even more because we're not stuck up religious people who are too good to associate with certain sinners. Anybody with me? Can I get an amen on that? Amen. I, I'm telling you, this is, I don't know who this is for, but this is for somebody today. It, it, don't be a legalistic, a legalistic know-it-all, right? Don't pay back evil for evil. Honor everybody. Never take revenge, and you will conquer evil with good. 
Now, here's what I know about this. I know this sounds crazy. I know it sounds crazy, but Jesus is our example, and he's the one that we are to have an attitude like. And Jesus always chased after sinners, haters, and his enemies. That's what he did. And so we have to chase after the heart of our haters. Here's the second thing. And, And some of you guys are like, hey, you know what? I've chased after the heart of that hater, and they haven't responded to the love of Jesus. What do I do? I mean, have you, anybody ever been there? You love somebody, and then they, they slap you in the face, right? You love them, you show them forgiveness, you do what's right, and then they just don't give a flip. Here's, here's the response. You ready? Shake it off. When that happens and someone doesn't respond to the good love of the Lord and you doing what's right, we, it's, God says it's okay to shake it off. Look at the scripture. Uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples in Mark 6. Look at what he says. He says, whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not what? If they will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and Shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Shake the dust off. To quote the great philosopher, Taylor Swift, haters going to hate, 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 hate. <laughs> Fakers going to fake, 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 fake. But I'm going to shake, 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 shake. Shake it off. Shake it off. Right? Amen. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. But that's what the Bible says, right? The Bible says, shake it off. You say, what does that mean? Well, if, if people don't respond to your love, you just shake it off. And you say, Bo, are you saying that we're to give up on them? No, it's not what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. When you, when you love somebody and you show them the love of Jesus and they don't respond, it's okay to shake, your, you know, shake the dust off your feet and keep moving. Here's what the, here's what the devil does a lot of times. We want to you know, win this person so much and we just focus in on one person and we try to please this one person. We try to win them to the Lord, when, you know, that one person. And there's 34 other people that need to know Jesus, but we're focused on this one person. Will you love me? Will you come to church? Will you love Jesus? And we get so distracted by this one person that we neglect the other 34 people standing around us. It's a tactic of the devil. And so what the Bible is telling us is that we got to shake it off and then move forward. And here's the other part of it. When that person doesn't respond, we don't slam the door in their face. We actually leave the door open and say, when you're ready to have a conversation, I'm here. I'm here. Because I know that God hasn't given up on me and I'm not going to give up on you. Are you with me? That's what the Bible says. I mean, he says, you know, don't, don't give up on them, but shake it off. And here's the last thing. If we're going to have the same attitude that Jesus had, here's the last thing. We keep chasing after God. We don't give up when the haters show up. We don't skin out and leave everybody else hanging. We don't quit the church. We don't leave. We don't, we don't walk out because the haters showed up. And, and again, to quote the great philosopher Taylor Swift, but I keep on cruising. Can't stop, won't stop moving. It's like I got this music in my mind saying, you know, it's going to be all right. Amen? Amen. It's going to be all right. And so here's the thing about Jesus. Jesus, in the midst of the hate of his enemies, never stopped pursuing his father. Never did. 
Even on the cross, when they were spitting in his face, when they put the sword in his side, when they put the crown of thorns on his head, guess what he said? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And, and, and do with me what you want to do with me. He never stopped chasing God. And so some of you are here today, and the haters are hating on you because you love Jesus. Can I just encourage you? Don't give up. Keep chasing God. Look at 2 Chronicles 15, 7. It says, but as for you, be what? Strong and courageous, for your work will be rewarded. Your work of chasing after the heart of those who hate you, your work of shaking it off and moving on to the next one, your work of chasing after God, God will reward. He will. It may not be on this earth, but when you get to heaven, guess what? Here's what I desire for my life. I want to have some crowns of righteousness. I want people to, to meet me at the gate and go, because you loved me even when I hated you, I'm here. I made it. I trust in Jesus because you love me in spite of my hate toward you. And so listen, God is going to reward us in heaven if we don't stop chasing after him. If we don't stop chasing after him. So are you just chasing buffalo or are you chasing what really matters in life? Are you chasing after God? I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Again, some of you are here today and you are chasing after the things of the world. And you're here today and you, you realize that the world isn't satisfying you. Can I just, can I just say what I've said already? You'll never be satisfied with the things of the world. You can't get high enough. You can't win enough. You can't have enough money. You'll never be satisfied until you give your life to Jesus. And so some of you are here today and you're like, man, I don't even know how to chase after God because I don't know his son. I've never accepted Jesus Christ into my life. Listen, you can do that today. And the Bible, it also says in Romans 10, 9, it says, if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so some of you, you need hope today. The haters are hating. Your life's going down the tubes. You're chasing after the wrong things. But there is hope in Jesus Christ. And so maybe today, right there in your chair, you need to accept him as your Lord and Savior. You say, Bo, how do I do that? Well, we, we believe that it's just through a simple prayer. It's not about the words. It's about your heart. But the Bible says that we have to confess him as our Lord and Savior. And so maybe right there in your chair, you just need to pray this prayer with me. You don't have to pray it out loud. You just pray it, to, pray it in your heart. God knows your prayers. Maybe you just pray this. Jesus, I'm tired of chasing after the world. Jesus, I'm tired of trying to find my satisfaction in, in the, the things of this world. And so today, I'm choosing to chase after you. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin and save me. 
Listen, maybe if you just prayed that prayer. If you just prayed that prayer in your life and you just prayed it in your heart, listen, you've, you've now began a new relationship with Jesus Christ. And now he says, man, now we can fight together. Now I'm going to arm you with some really powerful weapons so that you can start saying no to the temptations of the world. You can start living for me and my glory. And so today, if you made that decision, that is the greatest decision that you'll ever make in your life. Not only do you, will you have, you know, satisfaction on earth, you're going to live eternally in heaven because you've trusted in Jesus Christ. And so we praise God for your decision today and we rejoice. In a second, Heather's going to come. She's going to, you know, show you how you can connect with our church so that we can ride with you, so that we can chase God with you. But maybe you're here today and you already know Jesus and the haters are showing up, but your attitude's been the wrong attitude. Maybe you've hated on the haters. Maybe you haven't forgiven them. Maybe you've given up on them. Can I just encourage you? Rethink what you've done. God is a forgiving God, and he wants you to come to him and say, you know what, God, I'm, I, I'm wrong. I've been wrong, and I need you to forgive me, and I need you to help me to chase after you again. Maybe that needs to be your prayer today. Maybe you need to begin to chase after the heart of the haters. Maybe you need to become a friend of sinners. Maybe you need to get out of your comfort zone and start chasing after the people that are lost so that they can come to know Jesus. Listen, I hope that you will not waste your life, but that you will make an eternal difference in this world. And so maybe that needs to be your commitment today. Maybe you just pray something like this. Lord, I know that, that I've hated on people. I know that I've not responded in the right way. Help me to respond correctly. Help me to have the same attitude that you have toward those who hated you. Lord, help me to love them. Help me to bless them. Help me to be there to laugh with them. Help me to be there to weep with them. Lord, help me to be there when they, they need me so that I can share your love with them. And so use me to love my haters. Listen, that's a powerful prayer. And I know that God's going to supply you with everything you need to fulfill his desire. Lord, I come to you right now and I thank you. I thank you for a church that embraces people that aren't perfect. I thank you for a church that desires to reach even our enemies. And Lord, although we will fight for what's right, we will fight for love as well. And we will fight for forgiveness. And we will fight for your name. And so Lord, give us the love, give us the forgiveness, give us the the energy, give us the, the strength and the courage to have the attitude that you want us to have and to follow in your footsteps and chase after God. It's in your holy name I pray. Thank you for listening to this message. If you've made a commitment today, you can get in touch with us at thousandhillsranch.church or call us at 580-216-6427. We ride to be generous and we celebrate the cheerful giver. 
If you feel led to give, please go to thousandhillsranch.church and click on the Give tab to give your tithes and offering today. Have a blessed week.